It's funny. People always be like, don't forget about the little people. It's like, why do they refer themselves as little anyway, you know? Why don't you just get big with me? They can see it in my eyes. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Johnson's Idol Podcast, a partner of MoshPitNation.com. I am your host, John. This week's guest is Mike Dean of the mighty Corrosion of Conformity. COC, motherfuckers. Um, before I get to talking a little bit about my, my conversation with Mike Dean, let me rewind a little bit. Uh, this conversation actually happened as a result of... The band was supposed to play at a venue here in town called 20 Monroe, uh, 20 Monroe Live here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We were supposed to get Corrosion of Conformity opening on the Black Label Society tour that was going around and still is currently. And about a two days, I want to say, before the show, uh, Zach ended up having to cancel a couple of dates for an illness. Uh, I believe actually from listening to the Josta podcast today with Zach Wild, uh, it was due to like a hernia complications or hernia surgery or something to that effect. Um... So it was one of those things where I think that's what the result of why they had to cancel the shows was. Um, interestingly enough, though, the band ended up playing at another venue here uh, as a headlining date uh, here in Grand Rapids at the intersection in the front room, a, a 400-ish cap room. Uh, it was Corrosion Conformity and, and two local bands. Um, the site that I, I contribute this podcast through, uh, moshpitnation.com, they... Obviously, we do a lot of stuff promoting shows locally, and once we found out that the show was happening here still with Corrosion, um, we partnered with the venue to spread the word. Uh, a couple local bands got put on. We gave away a bunch of tickets um, to help you know, bring in a good draw for, for Corrosion, and it was a lot of fun and, and really like exciting time, even though it sucked that you know Black Label wasn't coming through. We, you know, we basically were we're still getting something, and we're getting a headlining corrosion show. And honestly, the last time that the band had been through was on the support slot for Guar a couple of years ago, uh, when they were just still a three piece, uh, when they didn't have Pepper in the band. So this is the first time that Grand Rapids has gotten to see Pepper in Corrosion of Conformity since uh, he left many, many, many years ago. So it was very exciting. Uh, it was a lot of stress of, of trying to get people aware of a show and get a good turnout to help the venue. Um, and in, in all of that chaos, I reached out to the band's publicist to try and set up an interview with somebody real quickly, just to help raise awareness with a lot of the promotional stuff we were doing over at Moshpit Nation on the Facebook page or even on the website and just kind of get people to know that, Hey, COC is playing a headlining set. Like it's, Granted, it's on a Thursday, but still, like, come hang out, get some metal in your life, and uh, see a kick-ass band, just rip it. And I was supposed to talk to their drummer, I think, was the original goal. Due to some complications in communicating and all that kind of stuff, uh, the interview didn't happen. And I kind of figured that was it, that that's where the interview was going to die right there, and, and that I wasn't going to get an opportunity to talk to anyone from the band. Um but I reached back out to the publicist and I basically said, like, hey, like, I'm sorry this, you know, didn't work out. Thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, if down the road maybe you could get someone to do a, a small conversation uh, about the new record that just came out and the tour that they're obviously on still with, you know, Black Label Society, um, that, you know, that would be really cool. But um, if not, totally understand because, you know, this is still a rather small podcast in the grand scheme of things. And uh, not everybody is going to 
let me have, you know, some of these bigger guests. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun trying to, you know, get it to happen. I, there was a hot minute where it didn't look like it was going to happen because, you know, we were, you know, day of the show. I hadn't heard anything back from the, from the publicist. And I was like, this isn't going to happen. This sucks. Um, but it is what it is. And then, you know, there was more communication with the publicist a couple, like a, an hour, a couple hours before the show was actually going to happen. And then it fell through again. And then I thought maybe something could happen after the show, but that didn't happen. So like I said, I, I ended up emailing the publicist and uh, basically just thanking them for the opportunity to, to try to do something. And if there was ever a chance that we could get somebody to talk about, again, the new record, uh, No Cross, No Crown, uh, and you know, just kind of talk about it, you know, we would love the opportunity and thank them. And surprisingly, I think about a week went by and then I, I got a, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Let's set that up, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here we were, you know, back to figuring out a date and a time that worked and, you know, who I was going to get. Cause it, it kind of changed from a couple different people. And, you know, finally, I think like the day before, you know, I get the confirmation like, Hey, you're going to talk to Mike Dean. Uh, you're going to talk to him at this time. Uh, you get like 10 minutes with him, 10 to 12 minutes. Um, so I was kind of, kind of bummed. Um, cause I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, I feel like sometimes when you get some of these interviews and, and, you know, a publicist tells you, you only have a couple, basically 10 minutes with somebody. And it's like, you can't really get into a whole lot in 10 minutes. Um, so I've been trying to take the approach of like, I'll just take what I can get and, and try to make the best of it. So we, I end up getting home. I end up, you know, preparing for the interview and I'm kind of looking and whittling down my, my questions and trying to come up with like the best 10 minutes that I can come up with. That's, you know, really solid and allows us to talk about as much as we can. But then the unexpected actually ended up happening as I ended up talking with Mike Dean. I gave him a call and I called him right after sound check uh, and to at a point where he didn't really have a whole lot to do with his, the rest of his day before the show. And he actually gave me more time. And all in all, I think I ended up getting about 25 minutes with Mike and it couldn't have been nicer. He couldn't have been nicer. The interview went really well. We kind of bullshitted about some other things. We got into a couple little side tangents. Um, I was able to throw in a couple more questions that I wanted to ask him. And I think it just really kind of goes to show that sometimes like you, you got to prepare the best you can for the allotted time you have. And, and maybe you might be pleasantly surprised and the person ends up giving you more time than you were expecting to get with them. And that was what happened here. Um, so I was really happy that I was able to get, you know, a decent amount of time with Mike. Uh, he answered a lot of my questions. And there's some things that he kind of said in this chat that I, I thought were really interesting uh, in light of the news that Slayer were calling it a day, that Leonard Skinner was calling it a day. And apparently Ozzy Osbourne was doing a final tour and then later announced that he wasn't not going to be touring and that this wasn't the final tour. So I, I still really don't know what's going on with that. But uh, all in all, it was just a really good experience uh, chatting with Mike. Couldn't have been nicer. And the show was really awesome uh, that they played here. So if you get an opportunity to go see the COC opening for uh, Black Label Society or you get an opportunity to see the band uh, on a headline spot, go see them. Uh, you know, with a lot of these legacy acts, you don't know how long they're going to be around. And uh, it's they're still just bringing it. And their newest album, No Cross, No Crown, um, honestly, in my opinion, it, it ranks right up there with some of the best material they put out. Um, there seems to be a, another, a new sense of like reinvigoration in the band and the fact that they don't mind, you know, playing in smaller clubs and getting sweaty and dirty with their fans as well as playing some of the bigger rooms and just kind of, you know, 
being able to go from any and all vibes, uh, I think just really speaks to the, the blue collar nature that the band kind of has always had and just kind of the willingness to, to want to jam and play. Um, so it was really awesome getting to talk to Mike. Um, I'll kind of touch briefly on my trip to LA. Uh, we had the first experiences of issues with flying that I've ever dealt with. Uh, there was a misflight, uh, not due to our, our faults. Uh, we had a three hour layover after the misflight. Uh, we got a new, a rescheduled flight to Kansas City that we almost missed because the airport sucks. And as soon as you walk out your gate, you basically walk out of the, the, the court concourse. Um, so we had to go back through security and only had about maybe 10 minutes to spare. Um, so that sucked. And then the time difference really whooped our ass after basically sitting around and having flight issues all day. So um, ended up going to the 18 Vision show. That was fucking rad. Uh, got to talk to James from 18 Visions. Got about 20 minutes with him. And at first I was a little down about that because I thought I was going to get more time with him. But the flip side of that is having just got done this conversation with Mike and seeing how, how well I was able to do with that and how much we were able to, to unpack in 20 minutes. You know, I went into it really stoked to just have the time because, I mean, James could have fucking blown me off and, I mean, realistically showed up because I didn't go through a publicist. I just hit him up and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but that episode will be out probably in the next week or so. And, uh, yeah, LA was interesting. I, I definitely don't think I would go back, but it was cool to knock off some of the, the classic venues. Like we went to the Viper room show was at the Roxy. I passed the whiskey on my way to the Roxy. Um, ran into Doc Hoyle at the 18 vision show. We were supposed to do a podcast while I was out there with him, but he got busy doing some stuff, but we ended up chatting for a little while before 18 visions went on. Um, heard a little bit of news about the Bad Wolves record as he was talking to somebody else. And, uh, I mean, Doc and I are going to get a chat in here pretty soon. Uh, like I said previously, we're going to do it talking about sports and particularly the NBA. And the All-Star game is uh, actually happening now-ish, I think actually this weekend. So I actually need to get a hold of Doc and see if I can't get something scheduled because uh, that should have happened. Um, so, yeah. I uh, had a good time. Got a tattoo while I was out there, the most random tattoo. I just basically got the, like, L.A. Dodgers, L.A. thing. But instead of the L being a traditional L, it's actually a palm tree. So uh, it was kind of a gimmicky jammer that I wanted to get. And uh, still doing that. So, But we made it back. And, uh, yeah, it was an interesting vacation. It was nice to get out of this, this cold-ass weather that we're experiencing here in Michigan. When we left, it was 13 degrees. I think when we touched down in... In L.A., it was like 63 or so. So, I mean, quite a bit of a difference. <laughs> uh, everyone looked at me like I was weird because it would be like mid-50s, maybe 60, and I'm wearing shorts and like a basketball jersey because I was sweating when I had jeans on earlier in the day, and people are wearing like fucking hoodies and jeans and shit, and it's like, how the fuck, why are you, how are you cold in this weather? But I guess it's uh, it's all about what you're used to, so... Uh, LA was interesting. I'll probably tell you a little bit more about it as, as time goes on, but, uh, yeah, 18 vision show. It was a good time. I, it was really great seeing that band doing it and doing it really well. And Martyr AD was really fucking sweet. We only caught about half of their set. Like when we walked in, they were in the middle of a, a, a beat down riff and, uh, just seeing the handful of people that were in the pit, just going ape shit was awesome. It, it felt like hardcore shows you would go to in the early two thousands. So, uh, Yeah. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Mike Dean of Corrosion of Conformity.
Um, so you're currently on the road with Black Label Society. Um, something interesting that happened to you guys here when you were here in the Michigan area is uh, Zach had an illness and ended up having to cancel our date of the show. Uh, thankfully, though, you guys being the awesome band that you are, decided to kind of call an audible and play a headline show very last minute uh, here at the intersection in Grand Rapids. Um, so something I kind of wanted to know since, you know, you guys go into, you know, with this tour planning on maybe a 45-minute set, how hard is it to kind of audible so quickly and play a full headline set for, for people like us uh, on those few shows that you got to do? It's pretty easy to do it. It might, it might be challenging to do it competently, but <laughs> you know, fortunately we had had to, to uh, regroup the previous two days in, in uh, Montreal and Toronto, so we were we had to <laughs> we had to dusted off the uh, dusted off a few of those songs. And to be honest, we uh, we have a couple songs that we swap out okay. in our set. We don't we don't do necessarily the same set every night. So we got a couple couple alternates where immediately converse them on. So it, it wasn't too tough. It was fun. There's also a lot of places where we like to stretch out. You know, on uh, we can stretch out a long time on "Clean My Wounds" or "13 <laughs> Angels," right? And you know, maybe on maybe on the support set for Black Label Society, where we're just kind of playing shorter uh, for a shorter time, we might rein that in. So yeah, we can get a little more self-indulgent. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, called sure. to. <laughs> um, what's kind of been interesting too, uh, speaking to the the shows here in Michigan, I had caught you guys when you were performing as a three-piece on that Gore tour a handful of years ago. And, you know, it kind of is interesting to, to know that you guys have gone out and had a couple of different iterations of the band, touring even. And I kind of had wondered, you know, is there maybe one that you, like, is it kind of nice to be able to slip into a three-piece and play some of the stuff off of those those albums that you guys put out? And then, you know, be able to kind of add Pepper back into the fold and kind of play as a four-piece? Is it, I mean, I can't really think of a lot of bands that have that capability to kind of go back and forth as a three-piece to a four-piece. And, you know, have a lot of different material that fans will want to hear from both both areas of the band yeah well, i mean i i think uh i think we'd have to do a good bit of uh rehearsing uh to get back in in three-piece mode because we just kind of immersed ourselves in the, you know uh learning some of the old songs and now having to uh now having learned to learn how to uh, play some of the studio creations that we uh you know that we just you know together on the fly for the new record and we're like still trying to still trying to get some of those to translate you know to a live situation and so to go <laughs> to go back to some of the three piece material which some of it's a little complicated just for complicated sake really <laughs> i mean um since since uh yeah it's 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 a little composed there's there's some crazy parts and stuff and and uh so it, it would take a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, studying up to to get back there, but um, yeah, the, the four piece material is, uh, you know, from from my point of view, from playing bass, I mean, it's, it's more the structures are are more straightforward, and it's more about variation within the structures, whereas the three piece is kind of like there's this part, and then here's this crazy variation <laughs> on it, right. and there's there's that part or whatever, and then we just jam out and just you know, but. Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, this, this band's been around a long time, so. Speaking of we've the. We've gone through different creators. 
Let's just say, speaking of the band kind of being around for a long time, uh, what's been interesting for me, you know, you guys have been collectively playing, I think, as the entity of Corrosion of Conformity a little bit longer than I have been alive. Uh, I'm 33, and I think you guys have been around maybe a year or two before even I was around. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's 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 like uh, that's like you know, Reed Bond's like 15 at that point, <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, like like our we started our drummer could not even legally operate a motor vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it's is it kind of wild though when you look out to you know the crowds and see like a multi generational crowd like that? You're now one of those bands that not only transcends a lot of different genres, but you know, is you're seeing dads take their children with them or parents taking their children that grew up, you know, listening to you guys back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, yeah, it's like this, like the Grateful Dead or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Come on, man. To, to, to do the math on the uh, the linear time elapsed is uh, it's a little more than it's a little more than I can uh, ruminate on for very long. <laughs> uh speaking of the new new songs and the new album no cross no crown just came out uh very recently via nuclear blast entertainment um how have the new songs been kind of going over i know you know you guys did a quite the promotional rollout for it with uh luddite and a few other songs uh but how have the new songs been going over live i think they've been going over pretty well it's it's pretty much just the luddite we've been playing okay on this tour you know we have a wolf named Crow mostly worked up. That wouldn't be too hard to bust out. And, uh, you know, possibly a song called Forgive Me is, is perhaps something we could do. But, uh, you know, we, we just come out of the gate, guns blazing with a brand new song. And, you know, it's aggressive and uh, it's got a little hook and people think pated and crazy and people <laughs> kind of dig it. So, yeah, I think it's been going over well. It's been translated. Speak. Wow, I think that's 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 one we chose because it's it's just really it's it's within the singer's natural range and it's it's just it's just something that's firmly within our <laughs> capability to execute. And some of the other stuff is you know more stretching out a little bit. And we'll see we'll see how that develops. But yeah, we need to do we need to do a lot more rehearsing on some of these other uh, these other pieces because they just I mean, really, the first time we played them correctly, there was tape rolling, and and we got it right there. So, get a get a got to see how it uh, translates to uh, to live setting. You know. Speaking to the the new album, though, I mean, were you guys like you know we've already mentioned a couple of times that you know the lineage and legacy of the band. Were you guys surprised at how well this record has done? Uh, you know, with, you know, it being so long into a career, like a lot of times they tend to find bands that are at your stage, you know, kind of, you know, they might have new material, but they don't push it as much as like the back catalog. So are you kind of surprised at how well this right. done? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy because I, I, I think, uh, you know, just it, I think that seems to be the tendency with the uh, acts that have been artists that have been around for a long time is, even if they come up with something that's, you know, objectively like, oh, this is, they're, they're making like an artistic statement. It's, they're doing things that are stylistically cool. This is as awesome as anything they've ever done. It's not always recognized. You know, the fans want to hear something familiar from like the, you know, supposedly golden era of whatever, <laughs> you know. Like the, the last two Rush records, 
that were done by, you know, recorded by Nick Rasky Lynch, those were like phenomenal. But, you know, it's, it's not like people are clamoring to hear that shit. They want to hear Tom Sawyer or something. It's, it's kind of so. always, it's weird. You know, I was thinking back to when I saw you on that Guar tour, I heard some, some people in the, this, this I wasn't going to say stands, but there was no stands <laughs> in the uh, crowd talking about how, yeah, talking about <laughs> kind of how bummed they were that, you know, it, it was a tour without pepper and they really wanted to hear clean my wounds and stuff like that. And like, it kind of got me thinking like, is it sort of a, a blessing and a curse to have a song that's so widely known in your catalog, like as the, the big single, but that maybe it's, kind of like the the only reason people are there to see you like is that kind of rough or do you look at it as a challenge like okay you, i know you like this song maybe we'll play it at the very end of the set but here's all these other awesome fucking songs we've been doing for 20 plus years like get into this yeah i mean it's tough i mean look the uh i think that like every you could you could you could pin three or coc into three or four definitive periods of time you know you had like the original kind of hardcore slash crossover for lack of a better term phase and then you had the uh the uh the mark ii lineup you know with phil swisher on bass and carl Eagle singing like the blind right the blind thing and then you then you had the uh you know pepper keenan steps up and sings and mike dean comes back and plays bass and then you had the uh the new jack three-piece and I, I think there's sort of there among the uh, the people that are in the band. There's proponents of all those eras. There's people that you know. There's a whole lot of people like the whole Deliverance and Wiseblood, in the Arms of God. You know, all those records. There's people that really, you know, are you know Pepper. That's the guy. You know? Right. That's the guy. Anything else is crap. They feel like that. <laughs> and then there's then there's people that are like, no, you know, Blonde, you know, Carl Ego. That's the guy. Those are the songs, Play Dance of the Dead. And then there's like, you know, your uh, your orthodox, you know, punk people that are like, no, Animosity is like the greatest record and everything else is like a commercial sellout, <laughs> you know. And then, there, then there's some people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, the New Jack, you know, uh, self-titled there, that's, you know, that's the shit. So, and if you look at social media or whatever, there's kind of like people being, not so subtle or, <laughs> or or open-minded about you know anything other than what they they enjoy so i mean you know that's just that's just the reality and that's all any any expression of that stuff is really just kind of background noise to us at, at this point you know yeah it's kind of kind of trying to do the best we can and uh you know whatever <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny you bring up the social media thing and looking at that like i i never really would have you know with you guys having been around for so never long before well i was gonna say never read the comments <laughs> but it's like you know now you're in a digital age where it's like you know you're getting you know putting out a record before it comes out or you know the fact that you're teasing maybe that you're writing a new record with pepper and it's like do you get trapped in the the same or do you fall into the same trappings i see like younger people in bands do like where it's like you might read the the comments and you're like oh shit Oh, I read the comments and I and, and I this and I read the comments and I eviscerate them and reply. You know? um, or I I I I, 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 I gently and cheerfully ridicule everyone. Ah, so um, speaking of kind of the internet and so forth, uh, the. The internet's been a buzz the last uh, week or two with a lot of bands kind of calling it a day. Like I actually was listening to a different podcast today and heard that apparently Skinner is actually 
packing it up as far as at least being a touring band. Ozzy just announced his farewell tour. Slayer's packing it up. Yeah. You know, you guys are so far into your career and, you know, putting out still quality fucking music. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, the new record's probably up there for me as one of my favorites out of your catalog, really. Well, and... okay, so first off, first off, the last Leonard Skinner record, that's a Leonard Skinner record for real, would be Street <laughs> Survivors and, like, what is that, 1977? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 1976. I mean, anything after that, yeah, yeah. Anything after that is is just kind of an attempt to... to Keep the name going? To, 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 yeah, I mean, it's just been pretty disappointing. I watch a lot of shows, you know, as a local rigger, hands, and sometimes I've made, they made me watch, they run, make me run spotlights. So I've seen a lot of, quote unquote Leonard Skinner show. So yeah, that's that's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, you know, as I mean, uh you know, Gary Rossington is still in that band, right? He's, he's still an amazing guitar player and they got like the beat from Jacko or something, I don't know. But they haven't had like the proper singer since like, you know, nine forty something like forty years, you know, so but uh well Slayer were very capable, you know. Of course we miss Jeff Hanneman. But I Hey, as they said, they declared victory and they're going home, is what they said. But, and I think that's sincere, and I think that's to be admired if you're, if you're not feeling it, you know, not feeling it creative or you're not just you're not feeling it. That's understandable. That, that's a very aggressive stance to maintain in your 50s. But I just, I just had this question in another interview, and I'll say, I'll, I'll go out on a line, out on a limb here and say that. I predict in six months they're going to be bored as hell and they're going to have to fire back. And in 18 months, Slayer will be on the road again. You got my word on it. Do you think it'll be Slayer? Do you think it'll be Kerry King? Because, I mean, it seems like Kerry's the one that really is, is pushing it at this point. And then at that point, does oh, it yeah, become another Leonard Skinner where it's like, oh, it's Slayer, sort of nah, a name only? Nah, I, I don't think he would do it without. I don't, I don't think that uh, that Kerry would have uh, Slayer. Tamaraya and vice versa. I mean, I don't, I don't. You could, you could make an argument for that, or you could do it, but I don't think they would. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think they'll be bored, and they'll be bored within a year, and <laughs> you'll hear a, a reunion tour. But I do love the press release that they declared victory, and they're going home after this tour. And then I just saw that actually Ozzy is saying that the the farewell tour isn't the, <laughs> the end of what he's doing with touring. And I was like, then what's a farewell tour? If, are you pulling a kiss where you're calling it a farewell tour and then staying around for another 15 for like, years? For like 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the original. The farewell tour was 25 years ago, yeah. I saw one of those uh, first, The I think it was the reunion tour uh, right when they first came back. Uh, and I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's kiss. And they've been doing it since. Yeah. <laughs> since. Um, I'm waiting for them to. I'm waiting for them to franchise the whole thing, like Blue Mac Group. Uh, you know, they've they've talked about. Will there be different comp- different touring companies? You don't need any of those guys at this point. I think it would be like a Blue Man Group. I mean, obviously, people get all up in arms about the makeup, and I mean, they've already proven that they don't really give a shit who's in the original makeup at this point. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a matter yeah. now of replacing them. And I think you know, it's been made. A lot of conversation has been made about what is it, Foreigner, that's going out, and they don't even have an original member, and they've been doing the touring site circuit for probably 15, 20 years with basically no original members at all and people still go support it? Huh, yeah. Well, maybe maybe if you lose some of the original members, there's there's room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, do you guys see yourselves potentially calling it a day? Like, I mean, you're you're so far into your career. I mean, I'm not saying that you need to or anything like that. Like you're I said, so you're you're. Oh, why not? Why don't you think about quitting? No, it's not even no, that. Like I, I said, your your new record is probably one of the better. Like to me, it's it's right up there with some of the more classic records, and it's only what not even a month old at this point. And having just seen you guys yeah. a couple of weeks ago, obviously you still can bring it. So I'm not saying from a standpoint of like it's time to pack it up. It's like no, yeah. you still got plenty of life left in the band. But is is there the still? Do you guys see like maybe in like five years, like maybe it's like eh, you know kind of you know touring's getting a little harder you know there's you know things just the the business side of things maybe making it a little harder to to stay out there um i i can't really see that i can't see that yet i mean uh to me it's like uh as long as there's as long as there's like the inspiration and the 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 uh logistical capability to make to make a new record and you know to to create something and then and then uh wrestle a little bit with how to present it live then then it's real interesting for me if it's all just about playing the old songs and nothing else if it comes to that then touring can be a little can be a little repetitive you're just kind of in a just kind of in a you know mechanical sort of groove there yeah but if there's if there's a chance to stretch out during the performance jam a little bit you know kind of reinvent things as you go be a little creative and there's a chance to uh you know come up with a a new album you know on a timely basis and all that then then that's what kind of adjusts the life into it right now you know that that's that's made it real uh real vibrant you know for me so i'm just like yeah as long as we can as long as we can do that i don't really see i can't see like any kind of definite you know, and to it. And, you know, we're not like big long-term planners. We're just kind of looking down the road a little bit at whatever. So yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really looking to declare victory until home yet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, like uh, 2018, I mean, you just put out a new record. You're on tour right now with Black Label through, I believe even the end of this month. I think it ends out in Portland, I believe, or out on the West coast there. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, maybe the, maybe, uh, Maybe Los Angeles or Sacramento, one of those two, yeah. And then uh, I would assume an overseas cycle and then maybe like another headline run here in the States would be on? Yeah, all that all that stuff. You know, we're in the summertime. We may do some more black label dates, um, just a few. And uh, we got to go to Europe and do the, the wonderful festivals. And uh, we're, uh, we're crying about being able to go to, Australia soon, and then do a little headlining thing at the U.S. and yeah, so we're uh, we're we're uh, we're doing the whole the whole program, all that stuff. I know for me, I don't know if it'll happen again since the tour happened not that long ago, but I would love to see you guys take out uh, the Mothership Boys again and uh, get those the brothers and Judge out this way and uh, see some of those jams where Kelly gets up there and jams with you guys too. Yeah, he's yeah he's pretty inspired. Uh, guitarist man that that's that's particularly special band you know they got a for such young people they got like a good historical grasp of like you know certain certain uh almost lost you know rock tradition and uh so it's it's good to see people that can can carry that aesthetic forward like in a in like a in a valid way you know like like 
sort of making it fresh again. It doesn't. It's throwback shit, but it doesn't seem like throwback shit. They, they sort of they put some life in it. So yeah, like I like that band a lot. Yeah, I uh, was really bummed that it didn't really get over here when you guys were touring with them, and then uh, I was really pulling for them to get that Metallica spot, but that that didn't pan out either on some. I think kind of some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and let cool, you get man. back to your uh, your day and uh, get back to hitting the road with BLS and rocking everybody out on this tour. And uh, again, no cross, no crown. Already out via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. Uh, Mike, thanks for taking the time to talk to me tonight. I always like to end these chats with a song. So, what would you like me to play? Doesn't hey. have to. Doesn't necessarily have to be one of your songs. Could be anything. Uh, well, you know, I, I think uh, maybe you should. Uh... Maybe you should spin uh, ELM off of No Cross, No Crown. All right. Well, thank you again for your time, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back around the Michigan parts here pretty soon. Right on. Thank you very much. Yeah, bye-bye. So that was my conversation with Mike Dean of Corrosion Unconformity. Had a lot of fun, like I said in the intro, chatting with Mike Dean. Uh, It was really cool to hear his take on, you know, a lot of the bands that are kind of calling it a day and the fact that COC is not going to do that uh, for the foreseeable future. you know, being into a lot of older bands and so forth, it, it always gets kind of hard to go and see some of the, your bands that you love and hear some of this music and know that it's just not being done to the, the fullest potential that it should and could be. Um, a great example of that for me is I love Motley Crue. They are probably one of my favorite bands. I know their discography is kind of lacking in, in different eras and points, but, you know, having gone to see them pretty much since they came back with Vince Neil they were put on a really great show. And then it's like, you know, one of the last times I saw, I actually saw them the opening date of the farewell tour. Uh, and I'm sure if you are a fan of that band at all, potentially the, the horribleness of that show uh, went worldwide and it was, it was just so bad. And it really made me kind of go like, I wish I wouldn't have come to this show because this is now the last memory I have of this band. Um, and I think that's kind of kind of common. Like, un- unfortunately, I think a lot of bands, you know, hold on to the fact that they think they still got it and, you know, you can move around the tuning and so forth and, you know, make it seem like some of these bands are still able to hit some of these notes. And, you know, but a lot of times these, these songs aren't in the same key anymore because the, the singers just can't play that way or just can't sing in that key anymore in that register. And COC, by all accounts, you know, having just seen them and having listened to this new record and, from straight up from Mike's mouth, the the band is gonna keep going, um, so it's really great to see see that. Uh, it was an interesting take on the the whole Slayer thing um, that he doesn't think that they are officially gonna they are really gonna call it a day. Um, but I mean, can you blame him? I mean, enough bands have have said that they're calling it a day under oath. You know, put out a whole documentary about how they were calling it a day. They weren't gonna couldn't do it anymore for various reasons, and then a short time amount later amount of time later they they come back now it seems like they're going to be doing a new album and more touring and you know you have other bands like thrice you know call it a day and then come back so in the day and age of bands leaving and then coming back a handful of years later i think i'm going to tend to agree more with uh with mike on this one and say that maybe slayer is just going to go on an extended hiatus for a little while and then once all the batteries are recharged uh see where everything lies i, I don't see carrie king keeping the beast down for too long but who knows maybe they'll do a motley crew kind of thing and sign a, a binding contract that doesn't allow them to play anymore <laughs> to the 
But back to the mighty COC, they're on the road right now with Black Label Society and will be for the next couple of weeks. Uh, They have a new record out, No Cross, No Crown, that just came out recently via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. That record fucking rips, and it's already in my top 10 early on this year for 2018. Let's see uh, if it stays in there at the end of the year. Uh, Lots of good records to come out. Still, like the new Twitching Tongues, uh, they dropped a new song. Uh, Really love that band. Can't wait for that, but... Uh, Keeping up with COC, you can do such over on Facebook at Corrosion of Conformity, all one word. Instagram and Twitter are Instagram and Twitter are at C O C A B A L. And it didn't look like Mike Dean had any social media for himself. Uh, I couldn't find anything anyway. Probably better off, as you heard him say, he he sometimes reads comments on the band's stuff, uh, and it can get kind of shitty as it is. So I think it's kind of commendable to not have social media, not get fall into the pit trap to not fall into the trappings and pitfalls of uh, having social media and seeing some of the the crazy things that people say on a daily basis. Uh, If you would like to follow our partner, Mosh Pit Nation, you can do such at moshpitnation.com. You can find lots of reviews, shows going on around here in Michigan and the Midwest area. You can also find this podcast on there. Lots of great content for all of you Midwest mesh for all your Midwest metal needs. Uh, You can also find them on Facebook at you can also find them on Facebook at Mosh Pit Nation, West Capital M-I. Uh, you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Mosh Pit Nation. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube on John's Untitled. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. on. J- and you can follow me at John's Untitled Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, I've been getting a lot of great comments on the YouTube channel as of late. The uh, Bad Rabbits episode has been doing pretty good. Uh, the Justin Holman episode, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, a lot of people, when they find that, are really loving the fact that they kind of have some closure as to what happened to Revis. Uh, just actually got a, a message today from a lady who was a fan of the band, kind of had a lot of the same questions, didn't know where the band went, what happened. Uh, so it's really cool to be able to provide... Uh, some information so when people are seeking it out and they want answers to some of the questions they've had for a decade or more uh, that my podcast is able to provide that for people Um, and just in general I enjoy talking to people as a whole and and, you know learning about them Uh, interestingly enough um, the photo I use for the cover for all of this stuff uh, someone actually told me that they when they lived here in Grand Rapids uh, that they lived in the building over my left shoulder Uh, so Never know what people are going to tell you, uh, but love the comments. Keep them coming on a lot of the different formats. Again, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Johnson Title Podcast. Uh, tweet me at Johnson Title Pod, and you can email me at Johnson Title Pod at gmail.com. Uh, let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if you hate something. Uh, like I said, I try to keep everything as different as I can uh, across the various socials, try to have different interactions. Uh, I know there's some carryover between different people. Uh, interestingly enough, while I was out in L.A., I got a text from Ian from Zayus. Uh, he was in Memphis and sent me a photo of someone that knew me. And I didn't recognize the person at first because I was just more caught up on the fact that I don't know anyone in Memphis. And... I realized uh, that it was an fr- old friend of mine, Clint Devlin, uh, when you fr- actually heard me tell the stories about how I went to OzFest one year and a friend of mine was tour managing uh, one of the bands. Uh, that's who I'm talking about. Clint uh, was actually tour managing Ankla, uh, former the guitar player from Ankla, Ramon, uh, was the guitar player for Puya, if you remember that band. And it was uh, an interesting time to go hang out at OzFest, and it was one of the last OzFest in the incarnation of the tour as, as it was a full-on traveling tour. Uh, so 
Clint was the person that uh, I knew that was on that tour that hooked it up uh, for the two times that went that year. And maybe I should get him on and, and kind of talk about some stuff because uh, that dude's lived a pretty interesting, varied life. Uh, last I knew he was in Colorado, but apparently he's got a new band. They played uh, a show with Zayas, and when he was talking with Ian, uh, mentioned that he knew me. Somehow I got mentioned. I don't remember specifically, but... Uh, Long and short of it, I got a text saying that someone that they were talking to at this show knew me and just kind of goes to show how small this fucking world really is and uh, how far-reaching podcasts can be sometimes, even as small as this thing. Um, so yeah, so if you'd like to follow me and kind of keep up with uh, all of that kind of going on, uh, you can. Uh, like I said, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, however you would like to get a hold of me, go ahead. Uh, we are going to end this episode as we always do with a song. And as you heard Mike Dean say at the end there, he wanted me to play out this episode to ELM off of Corrosion and Conformity's new album, No Cross, No Crown, out now via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. Uh, album is really fucking good. Uh, I was really stoked on all the songs when the few, like the Luddite and a few other songs had come out uh, to tease the new album before it actually had come out. It was a little bit redundant. But uh, yeah, when I got the record and started jamming it, this was one actually that I kind of, upon my first listen, I, I kind of repeated this one song. So it was kind of awesome that Mike picked a song that was easily one of my favorites off of the record. Which also, I think, speaks volumes to how good this record is. No Cross, No Crown, again. Uh, with it being, you know, a song that's so deep into the album. I think it's like track 12 or something like that. It's definitely a deep cut. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the great thing about, you know, a lot of bands like that have been around for as long as Corrosion. Is that, you know, they have bangers like so far late into the album and so forth and uh you know it's definitely an album band not just like let's front load the cd or the album with you know all the singles right in the very beginning and then by like track six or seven like yeah here's kind of the shit that we did just to kind of fill out the album so it's definitely really great to see corrosion of conformity back with pepper to have such a strong album come out the gate to you know, do so well, you know, them getting on the Black Label Society tour kind of reintroduces them to a lot of people who may have forgotten how much they love this band and their amazing back catalog. So uh, they are currently still on tour with Black Label Society. So uh, if you love loud guitars and just pummeling, pummeling <laughs> hard rock music, uh, I would definitely say that is the tour for you. Uh, again, the new album, No Cross, No Crown, is out now. Uh, you can get it on iTunes and Spotify and all those places. Uh, the vinyl is pretty sweet. It's got a uh, I actually was going to pick it up today as I was doing some album shopping, and uh, if it wasn't for the fact that it had like a, a bent corner on the album itself, the jacket, I would have picked it up. But uh, it's a it's a monster fucking record, literally. Uh, I think it's on double wax, and uh, I think it even has an etched B side as well, or I'm sorry, a D side. So. Go support this band. Uh, thanks again to Mike Dean. Thanks again to Liz over at Ear Splitter PR. And uh, also, again, thanks to uh, thanks to Moshpit Nation for hosting the podcast. And thanks to uh, the PRP for actually giving the Shield to V episode of the Bad Rabbits uh, episode I did last week some love uh, this earlier this week. So without further ado, this is ELM by Corrosion of Conformity off their new album, No Cross, No Crown. Talk to you next week. Yeah.